My big brother, Mommy. That's your baby brother. You're the big sister. <laughs> that's silly. <laughs> Hendrix thinks that's very funny, Henley. <laughs> hey there, and welcome back to a new episode of Hot Marriage, Cool Parents, where it is just me today. I am your host, Jamie Otis. My husband, Douglas Hayner, is busy, busy, busy working. And we're trying to make sure that we can have this podcast guest on today. And she's in South Africa, actually. She's from Cape Town. And I feel like I was just really, really touched. She reached out to chat to be on the podcast and shared a little bit about who she is and her mission. And she's essentially helping child sex trafficking and children who are pregnant with children. And when I say that, I mean the one who she's helping currently, she is 12 years old and has a five-month-old son. So it's pretty eye-opening to see what's going on in this world. And so when she shared that she's started this foundation and she needs help. I was like, girl, I will 100% love to have you on the podcast. Obviously, there's a huge time difference. And if you've followed this podcast for any length of time, then you're well aware that we typically podcast when the kids are sleeping. But because she's six hours ahead of us, I believe she's six hours ahead of us, you know, it'll be the middle of the night for her. So I'm going to hop on this podcast solo today and I'm going to just kind of chat with her and I'm just dying to know about like what is going on in Africa, what is going on in her world, like where she's at. I know that the majority of listeners, you ladies, most of you are ladies, I should say, there are some men, but the majority of you are here in America or in more developed countries. And so it's just very, very eye-opening to actually talk to someone who's experiencing the things that we hear about on the news. And it just really tugs at your heartstrings, to be quite honest. But before we get into all of that, you know the drill. I'm going to give a shout out to our five-star reviewer, Claire S719. She says, great podcast for mamas. Love this podcast. As a new mom, I love hearing your experiences with your kiddos. You are both so real and relatable, open and honest, and it's refreshing to hear. Definitely helps me as a new mom feel like the feelings or experiences that I'm having are more common than I realize. Girl, I feel like the strange, weird experiences that we all have as either parents or even as couples, <laughs> I feel like they're so much more common, but no one ever talks about it. And also, if you happen to hear a whole lot of noise, there is uh, the landscapers here mowing the lawn and whatnot. So never mind that. But yeah, it's true. Like I feel like no one ever talks about some of these very real and relatable experiences. And so Doug and I have just pledged to be very open and honest with each other, but also with our following, with our girlfriends, because I mean, what's life if you're going to try to pretend to be perfect or have it all put together. Like none of us really do. And I feel like the pressure to try to stay perfect and all put together is like debilitating. Like I'd much rather just be open and honest and be like, yep. So, you know, I'm sitting in a room right now where I'll tell you right now what I'm looking at. So I am in our spare room, which is kind of Hendrix's room, but he's still sleeping in the room with us in the bassinet because he's only four months old, but he has a toddler bed that is like a crib as well, but we bought it because it converts to a toddler bed. And I'm sitting in his room on a random chair with the podcast stuff going. And, you know, he's got frozen for bed sheets because originally this was going to be Henley's toddler bed. But uh, turns out we decided that since we want to Airbnb this house out, we got like a queen size bed for her and we still need the crib for Hendrix. So we have the crib set up. He's going to have to like frozen because that's like the only <laughs> uh, sheets and whatnot that fit it right now. And it's literally just like a baby bouncer in here. It's kind of a mess. There is, you know, blankets on the floor. So Hendrix could roll around on the floor, uh, 
little play mat, a diaper changing station that's literally like just one of those diaper changing pads that's supposed to go on top of a dresser. We don't even have one of those yet. So it's just like hanging out on the floor and that's where I change him and that's life. And that's pretty much the visual. There's toys scattered all the way throughout because Gracie comes in here to play and that's our life. So if your house is a pigsty, whether or not you have kids, it doesn't matter. I mean, welcome to the club. I feel like COVID has pretty much like all bets are off the table when it comes to making sure your house is always clean and you know, you have your life put together oh so perfectly. I mean, we're all living in quarantine trying to do the best we can do. So we just have to like praise ourselves for that and be cool with it. Especially when after you hear this interview, like literally nothing else will matter except for the fact that we are safe from any sort of sex trafficking. We're safe from domestic violence. And if you're not, girl, I'm telling you right now, there are resources and there is help. If you don't feel safe in your environment or if you don't feel like your children are safe, get out. And if you don't have the means to do it, reach out to me. I promise you I'll help you. And we can do it anonymously as well. And that goes without saying, you know, for those of us who know that we're safe, like, man, we just have to like go to bed at night and just rest our eyes and say a little thank you prayer because there are people who are struggling with such atrocious things in this world. And, you know, I don't think that I could do it any justice by talking about it. So I'm just going to go ahead and bring on our guest. Her name is Lola. And when you hear some of the things that this girl herself has gone through, but also the people who she's helping, these young women who were literally sold off as children because their families are so poor and now they're stuck having like these fatherless children that they never even really wanted, but they had no choice but to have sex with the man that they had to be married to, like child brides. I mean, your eyes are going to open in such a way after you hear this interview. And for me, it's really like life-changing. I'm going to have her back on the podcast. Yes, babe. I love you. I love you too. Mommy is going to have someone on the podcast. Do you want to say hello to all of our friends first? Sure. Hello, fans. <laughs> Can you tell them what is your favorite, favorite food? Uh, hmm. I think you like ice cream. I want ice cream now. You want ice cream now? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go get you ice cream and then we're going to talk to our guest. Sounds good? Yeah. All right, let's go. Let's get in in the Oh. That's a good idea. Let's do it. Sexual abuse is something that I really don't talk about an awful lot on the podcast or anywhere in my life because it's definitely something that for me, I wanted to kind of just push away and hide and I just don't, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good to talk about it. So I just don't talk about it. And as you know, I'm a pretty wide open book with most things in life, but that there just, I guess maybe I'm still healing from it and not even knowing it. But like, I guess it's just difficult for me to talk about because it's a time in my life where I feel like, you know, my mom really thought well of this. He was a boy. He was a lot older than me. I, I was just a little girl. I was like nine or 10 and he was a teenager, like an older teen. And um, he was dating my friend's older sister. And so I thought he was so cool, of course. And you know, and the fact that he showed any interest in me made me feel special. And so for me, what happened was, I don't know, like, I mean, I, I had four siblings. My mom was, of course, busy all the time. So I, I was looking for love and attention, like what child isn't. And so for a very long time, I kind of always felt like I asked for it or I put myself in the situation to 
kind of receive that kind of um, attention, I guess. And it's something that I'm still like working through, but all I can think about is, you know, with these children who are being sold by their parents because their parents have no money for food or, I mean, literally just food, like they're just begging for food. So they like, sell their child and this child did not even put themselves in that situation. They did not ask for it. They don't want it in any way, shape or form. But yet here they are being sold off to some dude, which I can't imagine who buys a child or who wants a child ride, who would want to sleep with a child. It is absolutely heartbreaking but yet it's done time and time again. And so the only reason why I bring up my experience is just because like this is happening all over the world all the time. I honestly should probably go to therapy for the sexual abuse that I had as a child because I don't know, I guess you can probably tell, but like I still feel like, not that I asked for it, but maybe if I wasn't exposed to this person who I thought was cool, maybe it would have never happened. And Maybe that's the case, but I need to be at a point where it's like, I need to know without a doubt that of course it's not my fault. I was nine or 10 years old and he should have known better for sure. I mean, there's not a doubt in my mind that like he knew I was a child. I remember I wanted to try to impress him. So I remember like trying to figure out how I could have boobs because of course I was completely flat chested. I hadn't like even hit puberty or even close to hitting puberty. And I was very, very skinny with no breasts at all. And, you know, the way he would touch me, I was like, oh, is he repelled by me? Like, I mean, I would literally think things like that. And, you know, when he asked me to perform things on him, I had no idea what I was doing. And I was, instead of me thinking, this isn't what I should be doing, I'm a child, I'm thinking, how can I please him? And I don't know if anybody else has ever experienced that type of thing with sexual abuse, but, you know, if you have, I mean, I'm right there with you. And it's definitely something that I guess I really have just shunned away from. And this is actually a very eye-opening moment for me that I should definitely probably seek therapy because it has been something that's always kind of affected me, you know, when it comes to my relationships and with like sex in particular, I am genuinely always wondering, does this person want to sleep with me because they love me or are they just trying to get on me or what, well, you know what I mean? Like, or are they just trying to get their pleasure for my sake? And so I literally have to like switch my brain to almost be selfish myself so I can just think about the pleasure that I'm receiving and kind of like be selfish in that. Cause if I think too much, that, you know, someone is getting pleasure from me, instead of me being happy that I'm able to give them pleasure, it like kind of revolts me now. And it makes me like feel sick and it almost is debilitating and, and inevitably like I'm not enjoying the experience whatsoever. So I don't know. I definitely need to definitely see a therapist, it sounds like. But that being said, like it just breaks my heart to think that there are children and even young adults or even an adult who is being sold off and is being forced to sleep with men for money. And whether it be while they're children, which is the worst case scenario I could ever imagine, or even if they're prostituting when they're adults because they don't have money and that's the only form of income they can receive. Either way, it is atrocious. It is so wrong and it is literally heartbreaking. And so the whole point of today's podcast is to shed light on all of that and to try to help. I mean, I know that this is happening in our own backyards and sexual abuse is consistently happening in many different shapes and forms, whether it be just molestation. And I don't mean it as in just molestation because I mean, I think that being molested uh, at least speaking for myself, like it has definitely just changed who I am. I do not trust 
men in particular. Like I do not trust them. I also like developed a bit of a sour relationship with my mom because my mom really liked this guy and she, I can't explain it, but it's almost like she got jealous of the attention that he was giving me because she was also very young. My mom had me when she was very young. And so she was in her thirties. So she was only a little bit older than him and she's very young-minded, my mom. And so it was just a very, I can't explain it, it as a very unique situation. And instead of my mom protecting me from him, I don't know, it's like she wanted him to think she was beautiful and cool too. And that really messed with my psyche. Also, I know that my sister was being abused by him as well. And when my sister went to my mom to tell my mom that he was being you know, sexually abusive towards her, my mom didn't believe her or didn't want to believe her and kind of just like shunned it away. And that's kind of the cycle in our family. I mean, my mom was being sexually abused by her dad as a child and my grandma just shunned it away and didn't believe her. And all these years later, my step-grandpa, my mom's stepdad, finally admitted to, you know, he was indeed abusing my mom and he never, you know, penetrated her. He never actually raped her, but he was always just, you know, like asking for oral sex and paying her for oral sex. And because she was, you know, 17 years old or however old, the family was like, oh, it's her fault. But like, she's only 17. And so for like the majority of things that have happened in my life, I tend to just look back at what my mom experienced as a child and try to just give her some grace because she was sexually abused by her stepdad. Her mom left her when she was even younger than that. Her mom had left her like with a neighbor. And then of course, early on, my mom was choosing men who would beat her up like to a bloody pulp. I mean, just constantly she was being beaten up. So my mom has gone through quite the experience. But all that being said that there are so many circumstances where there are little girls, young teenagers, even young adults being sexually abused, whether it's perceived as they put themselves in that situation or not, it is still sexual abuse. If you do not want it, if you are not actively asking for it and participating in it, that is sexual abuse. And especially if you are under the age of 18, it is still considered sexual abuse. And the fact that this woman who I'm bringing on the podcast, she works with many, many children who have gotten pregnant by someone who they did not want to be sleeping with and are abandoned and left, but not only abandoned by family, also abandoned by this man. And he just leaves when they get pregnant because it is illegal and the authorities will reach out for the man who is trying to sleep with a child. So I just think it's really, really important to shed light on this, to talk about it. It's so important to not just shove it under the rug and turn your head because it's uncomfortable. Like the biggest changes in life need to happen and those changes are going to be uncomfortable. But once we get to the other side, imagine having a positive impact on even just one child. So all of that being said, I'm excited for you to get to talk to her. But most importantly, I'm excited for us all to be able to try to do something to help her as she helps all of these children who are being sexually abused and sold off to child marriage or being sex trafficked. I mean, it is just wild. So without further ado, let's get our guests on for today and buckle up and grab a box of tissues because this one is going to tug at your heartstrings. 
Okay, so we have a very special guest on the podcast today. Her name is Lola Mupotaringa, and she's the founder and activist who in 2016 founded Girl Pride Africa to help abuse teen moms in child marriages, and she's our guest today. Girl Pride Africa is an amazing nonprofit organization and is based in South Africa. As some of you know, South Africa will always have a huge place in our hearts because we went there as part of our pre-baby bucket list. Those of you who've been following along with Doug's and my journey, you know that pre-baby bucket list was so long. And we went to South Africa actually to where Lola is, which is Cape Town, to do all sorts of fun things like swim with sharks and see indigenous people and all the things. But Girl Pride Africa not only rescues girls from child marriages, but it also supports pregnant teens and orphans. This organization has rescued more than 2,300 girls and provided accommodation food, and mentoring to at least 3,000 girls around Africa. I mean, this is no small fee. It is absolutely necessary. And I am so, so humbled and thankful to have Lola on the podcast today. Lola, thank you so much for being here. And thank you for all the hard work that you're doing. Thank you so much, Jamie, for having me. It feels amazing to have your support. Oh my goodness. I am so thankful that you reached out and that we were able to make this happen because I think what you're doing is there needs to be more Lolas around the world because, you know, child sex trafficking, orphans, teen moms. I mean, it's happening everywhere. I wanted to ask you, I think you're calling in from Africa, right? Yes. Uh, what time is it there? It's um, 18 minutes past seven now. Okay. So this worked out perfectly because it's 18 minutes past one here. So you're six hours ahead of us. <laughs> yeah. So we read up on your nonprofit organization and we just have to say you are truly doing such an incredible job. I love that the mission is all about helping out with the lack of existing services for teenage mothers, pregnant teens, and young girls. Can you tell everyone a little bit more about Girl Pride Africa and what's it all about? But before we get into any of that, I want to tell you about Linen Fit. Fitted sheets are seriously a nightmare to me. I mean, I cannot fold them. I cannot keep them on my mattress. I end up sleeping on the mattress instead of on the sheets. And so I've honestly never really thought that there was much of a solution for it. I just thought that that's just fitted sheets for you. But there is a solution. Linen fit. So they have a patented technology that ensures your sheets will fit no matter the mattress, lifestyle, or wallet. And also they not only do they fit, but they will not slide up from, you know, like you're rolling around on the bed with your kids or you have a dog that's like going crazy on your bed. It doesn't make your sheet lift up where you're ending up sleeping on the mattress. It's really, really amazing. So whether you have a nectar mattress, a purple mattress, a casper mattress, no matter what mattress you have, linen fit sheets will stay put all night long. They even fit adjustable mattresses like Sleep Number and all those other ones. So not only do their sheets fit any mattress, they fit well and won't budge. Making your bed with linen fit is quick and easy and frustration free. Also, on top of their affordable price, they offer free shipping and return so you can feel comfortable with your purchase. Right now, LinenFit is offering you listening to Hot Marriage Cool Parents 20% off their purchase site-wide at LinenFit.com when you use the promo code HOTMARRIAGE at checkout. That's L-I-N-E-N-F-I-T.com and use the code HOTMARRIAGE at checkout for 20% off your whole entire purchase. Okay, but back to our very, very important guest. Oh, thank you so much, Jamie, for giving me the platform. So hi, everyone. My name is Lola Mpotaringa, and I'm originally from Zimbabwe, but I'm currently based in Cape Town. Um, I've been here for the past 12 years. So Girl Pride Africa is a nonprofit that helps teenage mom, pregnant teens, and abused girls from child marriages 
and we also help every girl child in Africa. As of today, we've got three branches in Zimbabwe, Kenya, and South Africa. And we opened the foundation because I saw the need for the teen moms who were like abused and in very bad relationships. And we rescued those young girls and we empowered them because there is a lot of stigma around teenage pregnancy. They are seen as like a lost cause. Like many people, they don't really care much about them. They think they don't really matter. And to start a foundation that helps young girls like that, I feel so honored to save them because many of these young girls, some of them, they are refugees. They come from other countries. They are sold to marry older men. And then when they get here, they've got no one to tend to. So for us to have an organization that opens their doors and our hearts to young girls like that who really have nobody to tend to, it is amazing. And what we do when we have these teen moms, we have skills program. We teach them how to fish because we don't really want them to be used to be getting things from us. So we teach them sewing. We've got classes that we teach them to do braiding. We also teach them hairdressing. We teach them manicure and pedicure. Those are some of the projects out of many that we do. And as of the other things that we do with these young girls, we encourage them to finish their education because most of them, when they get pregnant or when they get married to an older man, they pull out of school. So they end up not having any education. And that pushes them to prostitution. That pushes them to go and you know, take drugs and just think that their lives are over. So we actually there to give them a safe place where they feel loved, not judged. And we also help them to be kind and nurturing moms because we've had stories where a mother would kill the baby because they felt that their their lives are over. So we also there to support them emotionally and mentally with the classes, mom and me, which is the baby and the mom. That's what we're much doing over the side. Oh my goodness, Lola. I cannot say, I'm just like, my heart is melting hearing you talk about this because, you know, you see on the news, you hear about it occasionally on social media, the child sex trafficking, the teen moms who are being, you know, sold off to like some older man for marriage and who are being abused. And I've never talked to someone who's actually been in the presence of someone in many women who have gone through this or children who have gone through this. And my heart is just aching. And I absolutely love what you're doing by teaching them a skill and also supporting them mentally with their mental health. Because when you say that they might feel like their lives are over or they feel helpless, it's so true. I mean, my mom, and this is nothing at all in comparison to what they went through, but just it just brings back memories from my own childhood because my mom, she had five kids. We were all unexpected. We were all unplanned. But, you know, she had sex willingly. And so it's entirely different. There's no comparison there. But in the sense that at one point, I mean, she was abused by these men that she chose and she ended up leaving them. But then she had five kids that she was trying to support on her own. And in here in America, she was very fortunate to be on welfare. So we were able to have, you know, something called food stamps where the government pays for your food and the government paid for our housing. So we were very, very fortunate for that. And I know a lot of these moms don't have that in Africa. Africa. But even with all that support that my mom had, she still ended up turning to drugs because she couldn't, she had no support mentally. She had no one telling Mm -hmm. her it's okay. She only has um, a high school diploma. I believe she has. I don't know that she, I think she has her high school diploma and so, or her GED. Uh Actually, I think she only has her GED come to think of it, but she doesn't have any education. Uh So she wasn't able to get 
a good paying job that would help her. Like she always felt like she could never get to the top. And so then she just gave up. And that's someone in America with the government's help. And so I can only imagine how horrific it must be for these young moms and these children really who are going through such difficult times and they don't have even the support of their government. I mean, it's amazing what Uh you're doing. And I guess like the point of that story is that, you know, my mom did, she did turn to drugs. She just completely neglected us and abandoned us. And she didn't do it because she hates us. She did it because she just had no other coping mechanism. And so I feel like what you're doing is not only helping you know, obviously the moms, but the children, I mean, you're helping so many children and you could really be helping it break the cycle, you know, because a lot of times, and I don't know if it's like this, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like a lot of times when a mother is in this situation where they're being sold off and, you know, then they prostitute or whatever the case may be, and they're young moms and they have no education, then the children tend to follow suit because they are growing up in the same exact situation. Is it like that there? Is that like what you've experienced so far? Trust me, Jimmy, if you look at big organizations that have been like helping here in Africa, one thing that I told myself that was going to be my fight was to make sure that I educate from the parents because this thing starts with the parents. My mom was a teen mom and I had to break the cycle and I told myself I'm never going to put my children what I went through because my mom was also a teen mom. She was, my mother passed away and then she turned to Maine when she was only 18 and she had a first child. And seeing how we grew up, we grew up very poor. We didn't even know where our next meal was coming from. That's like the situation in many African countries. We don't really have resources. Like food here is very, very important. Like you can see people throwing food in the bin. You'll be like, what are they doing? Because they are kids. They are parents that are sleeping without eating anything. So you can imagine um, if we don't break that cycle, like if we don't educate parents that this is not the way to go, or even if we don't educate these young girls, that's why we empower every girl child. Because we feel like if nothing is done in 15 years to come, we have nine-year-olds falling pregnant. Because like last year, from the age of 10 years to 14, 3,262 young girls fall pregnant. And to me, those are babies having babies because if you look now at the chain, they are also coming from a background where a mom was a teen mom. So they didn't really get the just like, what is this is not right. This is wrong. And to every teen mom who enrolls in our program, we make sure that they know about family planning. They are taking their family planning because if we don't do anything about this teenage pregnant type crisis, In the near future, we have nine-year-olds having babies. And at the end of the day, this chain is not going to break. And in 15 years to come, we'll still be begging. Africa needs food. Africa needs... We want to see people now in 15 years to come, people begging for books for African girls, not begging for food or diapers to give uh, babies. That is something that I feel so strongly about. And given any chance to give these young girls a voice, I'll definitely advocate for that because I believe... It's time now we arise above. We as women are not being seen as baby-making machines. A girl child in Africa is seen as an object that is supposed to be like doing the house chores and not going to school. Education for a girl 
is not that really important. So we need to educate them from the parents. They need to see that a girl child also deserves to be educated. They also deserve to have the right to speak their minds and also decide for themselves because it is very heartbreaking, Jamie, to be every day. Like if you were in my shows every day, I get messages, terrible messages from young girls crying out for help. And with the little girls, some of them, I have to turn them away. I, I have to be like, okay, I would love to help you, but give me some time because I don't have enough resources to be helping everyone. We've got 13-year-olds who are sent all the way from DRC, who are sent all the way from Malawi to marry older men. And the 13-year-old, she's still developing. She's still a baby. Oh, and my to be goodness. sent to marry someone who is older, is 35 years old, 40 years, and then the next thing when they are here, there is no family. There's no one supporting them. There's no one to look out for them. So these men, what do they do? They abuse them. They start hitting them. So my life day to day in to day out, I'm at the police reporting these cases, trying to assist because when I report, the men chases them away. So I need to have accommodation for them which is why my plan is to build a wisdom center for girls that are abused and then we can empower them from there. Okay, you're just tugging at my heartstrings because I can sense the passion in your voice. I can hear that, you know, this is a struggle that you're trying to combat daily and you're trying to help daily. And I'm like, how on earth can I do something to help? But I kind of want to break it down real fast for everyone who's listening in for myself because I want to better understand your situation. So your organization, I know that you have, you know, multiple different sites and it's amazing and there's a few things I want to ask you, really. So I want to ask you about what your organization does. But before I get to that, I kind of wanted to hear a bit more about your own personal story and how you broke your cycle and you know how you grew up. And I'm just so inspired by you because somehow you have broken the cycle and now you're trying to help others break their cycles. And so would you mind sharing a little bit more about you know how you grew up and why this is such an important topic and a matter for you and why you're so ambitious about helping others? Um, so growing up, my mom, her mother, my grandmother passed away when she was very young and she had my big brother and my older sister by different men. And then she got married to my dad and she had me and my brother. So we were now four. And then my dad passed away when I was only nine years old. So my mom, she was just a stay-at-home mom. She was not educated. She didn't even have you know, qualifications. She was just selling vegetables. So I grew up in a very, very poor family where we would just, you know, have a meal per day and then the next thing we wait to have the meal for the next day. And we didn't even know if we're going to make it through the week with food or without food. So being in such a situation and my mom, she kept having babies. Despite us struggling, not having money to go even to school, I had to drop out of school when I was in grade eight. And I had to go to a pastor's house and I worked for my education. I was babysitting their kids and then they would pay for my school fees up until I finished my metric, which is my high school diploma. Um, if you look at my family dynamics, I am the only person in my family who finished high school because I told myself I do not want my kids to go through this because what I saw when I was growing up, wasn't even for someone my age. I grew up in a very difficult position, but I didn't want it to define me. And I think that made me who I am today because if someone comes to me and say, I don't have food, I completely understand because I know I've been there. I know how it feels not to know where your next meal is going to come from. And also growing up, seeing what my mom was going through, I just thought it would be great for me to give a voice to young girls because my mom, she also didn't have a voice because all her family members, they didn't want to help her. 
she was all alone, she was an orphan, she didn't have a mother, and then the father was not even there for her. So she ended up turning to men, and those men, what they do, they take advantage of her. And she ended up having so many kids with so many different men. And I just thought, you know, giving an African child voice, I think it's something that I have been passionate since I was 12 years old because I see a lot of young girls from my village. I come from a very small village that were sold to men. And I was just like, these are children. And I thank God I had a family that loved me so much and they take me in. I didn't go through the same things that my mom went through because I had people who were begging me and telling me that, you know what? Don't let your past define you. Don't let whatever hurt you, don't let it define you. And I think it worked out in my favor. I am a mother of two now. I only had my first child when I was 25. And a month ago, I had my son, and now I'm 33. So I think it's my struggles that shaped me. And I am very grateful because when these young girls come, like I say to you every day, I receive tons and tons of messages. I receive tons and tons of calls people asking for my support. And even though sometimes I cannot help them with food or financially, I can also give them like my wisdom. Like I can also share my advice with them. I can also try and shape them in a way that they can also be grateful for tomorrow. So yeah, I would say my past has made me who I am today. A quick question. I wanted to ask, what is the youngest girl who you've helped who's been pregnant and had a child? Okay, so the youngest that we have now, she's got a five-month-old baby. She got pregnant when she was 12. Now she is 18 years old. That's the youngest that I have. So she got pregnant when she was 12? Yes. Oh, my goodness. And she has a five- and now she's got a baby. Oh, wow. Yes, she's got a child. She's, and I was in and out of hospital with that one. because She had so many complications because she's also very tiny. Her body's so tiny. So she doesn't speak English. I had to interpret for her when she's talking to the doctors. So yeah, it was quite challenging. And the guy who got her pregnant, he ran away because the police were looking for him to explain why he chose her to be the bride. Oh my, I just cannot even imagine. So where are her parents? If she's 12, doesn't she have parents? Yes. So her parents are from Zimbabwe and I'm in Cape Town, South Africa. So she was sent from Zimbabwe to marry this guy with the parents. So you know what's happening, Jamie? I think many young girls in Africa who are sold to be child brides, they are mainly coming from a very, very poor background, like where there is nothing, like the family, they'll be starving. And then they would look around them and say, we've got a daughter, why don't we marry her off? So even if this girl child wants or doesn't want, they don't even ask for for, for, oh for her permission. Gosh. They just simply does that. So you'll find that they don't have a voice, like they don't have a say in their life. They are just born and then they are groomed to be brides. And then when they get to those husbands or whoever they are married off to, those men, they don't really value them because they didn't even like seek for, for their love or anything. They just give in it like, okay, so give us $100, we'll give you a wife. That's how it works. Oh my gosh, Lola. I'm like getting teary eyed. Like, I just can't imagine. Like, my heart is just, oh my gosh. You know, like here in America, you hear about these things happening, but I've just never talked to someone who's actually been in contact with someone who, you know, this little girl, I just, my heart is breaking. I, I have no words. Lola, first yeah. of all, I 
really, really want to have you back on the podcast for sure. I 100% want to help donate myself to Girl Pride Africa. And I'm sure those listening probably want to help in one way or another. And if we can't help financially, I know not everyone can help financially, but I'm sure there are ways that we can help with resources in other ways. So how can we help you help these young girls? Because my heart is just breaking hearing these stories. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you so much for your support. So I think since 2016, this has been my fight. And each and every year, there are challenges. Like, as you know, we also affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. And we've got kids, as I am speaking, who are now going to bed, seeing what they're going through because they don't even have anything. They can't even work. Many people, they have lost their jobs, including myself. I was working, but now I can't work because of COVID-19. But my situation is better than those girls. My heart goes out to them because I know that when they say they have nothing, they literally have nobody. So I think by spreading the word about our work and just everyone being the voice for them, because you can imagine if we talk about our work and somebody hears about it, you never know what that person can do for a teen mom or for a girl child or for a child who is going to go to bed hungry. On a bigger picture, we've got projects that we're starting 2020. And we are an organization that don't have funding. All the funds that we have, I am the only person who does like reach out to people the same way I reached out to you. And it's not easy because some people, when you reach out, they just brush it off like, oh, okay, it's one of those crazy people. And it takes people with a good heart or people who really knows how the situation back here is. So if we can all give a voice to these young girls, because I've been their voice for the past five years now, And I think if we can be more in giving them voice and hope, at least we can achieve a lot of things. And um, my only wish is to see these young girls get education. So if we can get people who are willing to say, okay, I want to send a teen mom back to school because I really don't want to be giving them food because they can eat and then tomorrow they'll be hungry again. And then we have to, it will be a continuous thing. So if we can get like people who can help with uh, sponsorship or bursaries, like, okay, I want to send two teen moms back to school. I want them when they finish school, I want to send them for a course like this. And then those girls, they will empower the other girls behind them because they will have a beautiful story to tell. Absolutely. I think you're just so wise in the way that you're building Girl Pride Africa. Like I said, I definitely want to help you. I'm going to help you. I mean, I bet we can raise a lot of money for you, Lola, and you can help so many girls. And I love that you're not just giving them food because then they're hungry again tomorrow. You're teaching them how they can provide for themselves, which is exactly what they need. And we are going to help you, Lola. You have an army behind you now, and we are going to help you make a difference in these girls' lives you have started something that's absolutely incredible and it's needed more than ever. And I mean, it's also needed here in America. So you've really opened my eyes and you're inspiring me to help even here in America. But the difference between America and Africa is that here in America, there's a government that will help you. And in Africa, it seems like the government probably doesn't offer the things that America does. And so for that reason, I want to help you before I start helping here in America. And I think that's fair and and fine. So yes, Lola, I'm going to help raise some money for Girl Pride Africa. I want to help you in any sort of small way. So those of you guys listening, if you want to help as well, definitely check out Hot Marriage Cool Parents Instagram page. 
I'm going to have it there. I'm also going to have it a link in the bio because if you hear this episode a little bit later, I want you to still to be able to donate for Girl Pride Africa and for Lola and the cause that she has. So please feel free to check out Hot Marriage Cool Parents and Lola. If they wanted to, maybe they're not able to donate financially, but they want to reach out to you or do you have a site where they could donate financially? Yes, we've got a giving away fundraiser that I've raised over 11000 since March. And that link is on our website. So the easiest way is to go on our Facebook page, Girl Pride Africa, or on our Instagram, Girl Pride Africa. There's a link in our bio. That link, they release funds to us much quicker and we get the ingredients because we're also cooking for over 100 kids every day. So when we don't have ingredients, we don't cook for those kids. That's why I was like, I'm panicking a little bit because, you know, having kids going to bed hungry is not something that I want in my life. And so if we can get help through our Giving Away fundraiser, that'll be great. Lola, thank you so much for reaching out to me. I'm so glad that we were able to have you on the podcast. And I absolutely want to touch base with you again in the future to see, you know, first of all, I know that some of my girlfriends are going to want to donate as well. Um, And I know they'd love to hear about like where their money is spent and how it's been helpful. So I will absolutely love to have you on the podcast again in the future. No problem at all. I'm very willing to come back and also send thank you videos and pictures. We always do that with everybody who helps us because we want them to see the impact that they're really making in a girl child in Africa. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Lola. I hate that I can't talk to you longer because I feel like I could talk to you all day and I'm just so inspired by what you're doing. (laughs) But thank you so much for taking the time out and, you know, for reaching out to me and following through. And it's just, it's been so great chatting with you. You should be so, so proud of yourself for so many reasons, for breaking the cycle, for helping others to break the cycle as well for saving children. I mean, you're doing such amazing things in this world and I feel honored to have had this chance to chat with you. So thank you again, Lola. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. And like I said to everyone listening, definitely check out Hot Marriage Cool Parents page because I'm going to add a link to donate to because I just think this is something that we can all get behind. All right, Lola, I'll be in touch with you. All right. Thank you so much, Jamie. My heart is just broken for all of these little girls really who are child brides and forced to have, you know, these older men's children. I mean, it's just, my heart is broken. I like, I, ah, I'm speechless. I wish that I was not so naive to these things. I wasn't aware how bad it really, really is not even just in other countries, but even here in America. But because I have Lola and I've talked to Lola for a long time, I'm like, I know it's happening, but I don't know what to do. But now that I've talked to Lola, okay, I'm like, I have to help her. Like we have to help her. I'm like even thinking maybe one day I could fly there. I would love to meet these ladies and like, I don't know, just hug them. I mean, oh my God, my heart. So I was thinking a nice thing to do for Christmas this year or for Hanukkah or whatever holiday you celebrate is to donate. You know, like if you wanted to give back, which is something I want to do, I'm actually going to reach out to my accountant and ask like, you know, how much can I give? And yeah, just because like my heart is really, really broken. And I mean, she's not asking for anything other than like food for these these kids who are having kids essentially. And it's like, okay, like I have to help. 
But anyways, I hope that that interview touched your heart the same way that it did mine. And I hope that you enjoyed it. And next week we have an amazing guest on. It's definitely switching gears a little bit, definitely a little bit more lighthearted, but just as much fun and equally as important. Uh, I don't know about equally as important. Let's be honest. Today's was very, very eye-opening and very, very like heart-wrenching and super important. But next week's going to be lighthearted and I'm so excited for you to hear from these guests. So wash your hands, wear your masks, stay safe, and we will talk to you next week.